This video is brought to you by Blessed Be God Boutique, maker of Catholic fashionable apparel, handmade accessories, and more. While the Bishop Strickland news continues to dominate Catholic headlines, we have some serious investigations into the evil dealings in Rome being conducted by investigative reporters. Their work reveals something. The method Francis and Cardinal Fernandez are using to remake the Catholic faith. The main point of attack they use to remake Catholicism is an old sin, one that we frankly don't hear about much anymore. That sin is key to understanding everything we're seeing happening in the church right now, including the sacking of bishops who refuse to toe the line. It's why we have seen so many bishops canned since 2014, and why most, if not all of them, have been canned for ideological reasons, by the same alleged pope that always criticizes people for being too ideological, well, himself being extremely ideological. They always accuse others of what they themselves are doing, or so it seems. Let's dive right into the story. Headline from the Italian news site La Nueva BQ. The Fernandez style, violating quotes to undermine faith. The appointment of Fernandez as prefect of the dicastery of the doctrine of the faith has accelerated the process of dissolution of Catholicism started by Francis. It is enough to analyze the characteristics of the five documents issued by him so far. And yes, we will be going over this document here in some detail. And also, yes, it is fair to say the dissolution of Catholicism by Fernandez and Francis, because not only are they undermining core tenets of how we are expected to live the faith in our daily lives, they do so while also openly talking about building a new church. So yes, it's fair to characterize this by such strong language. The article begins by making a startling claim, that Benedict was a kind of catacon. For those who don't know what a catacon is, it's something that restrains the coming of evil. When speaking about the catacon in the biblical sense versus a catacon, we understand the former, meaning the catacon, to mean whatever it is that's restraining the coming of the Antichrist. Here they mean that Benedict was restraining the worst impulses of the modernists and the evil they are promoting, which is itself antichristic. Let me know in the comments if you agree or disagree with that statement and why, because I know many of you will say that yes, Benedict was acting as a kind of catacon, while others will say that Benedict was himself a modernist. So I'm curious what you have to say about that. Just have that argument in the comments with respect. From the article, quote, The value of people emerges when they leave. This is not a circumstantial obituary phrase, but what we have before our eyes from the day of Pope Benedict XVI's resignation to today. We understand more and more every day how much Benedict really did as a catacon, not only by reflecting on what happens in the world, but even more by looking at what happens in the church. Something similar can be said when faced with the many purges of this pontificate. Just think of the avalanche that hit the liturgy with the retirement of Cardinal Robert Seurat. Lastly, only in a chronological sense, the former prefect of the Congregation for the Doctrine of the Faith, Cardinal Ladaria Ferrer, who certainly did not like being authoritarian, but how much he was trying to, quote, hold back, can be understood very well by giving a look at just five months of management of what was his dicastery by Cardinal Victor M. Fernandez. There is no doubt that his appointment, meaning Fernandez, has accelerated the process of dissolution of Catholicism started by Francis. Since the 1st of July, 2023, the day of Fernandez's appointment, five documents have been issued by the dicastery directed by him, including three responsa. 
Beyond the content of these answers, some unusual characteristics are striking. End quote. Before we get to these documents, it's worth noting something here. Fernandez has been very, very busy. I've pointed out elsewhere that it does appear that Francis is accelerating whatever it is he thinks he's doing. We'll call it his reform of the church, I guess, to use a more charitable interpretation for this. He's been accelerating what he's been doing since at least Traditionis Custodis, but especially since the passing of Benedict XVI. And I'm not the only one to have noticed this either. Which is why some are openly calling Benedict a kind of catacomb or restrainer against the modernist heretics in Rome. When I say that Fernandez has been busy, it's worth remembering that he issued these five documents since July 1st, when he officially became the prefect for the Dicastery of the Doctrine of the Faith. That's five documents in like four or five months, so at least so far, which means we should expect more documents issued before January 1st, maybe even before the start of Advent which is, after all, the beginning of the year for the church. And the article is right. These documents are striking. The article begins by addressing the recent document from Fernandez about allowing persons to be baptized and become godparents who are confused about the immutable nature of the flesh and who accuse God of having made some kind of mistake when crafting their body. Fernandez does this by citing the work of JP2 and Benedict that loosened the requirements for the divorced and civilly remarried to receive communion, which was frankly, honestly questionable at that time, but did and because it cracked the door open to the problems we have now. Fernandez uses that work and inverts the logic of it because at least John Paul II and Benedict called for people to live as brother and sister in those relationships as their first and foremost response meaning that they were expected to repent of their sins in some way. No such call seems to be made here. From the article, quote, The first is the continuation of what we wrote on the occasion of the dicastery for the doctrine of the faith's response to Monsignor Jose Negri. Violating the meaning of the text cited is not an oversight for, Na for Fernandez, but a method. When you read the answer to Cardinal Dominic Duca's questions, you can see that both John Paul II and Benedict XVI are called into question to support the fact that divorced and remarried people can receive sacramental absolution even when they fail to be faithful to the continence proposed by the church. The obvious errors in the original. The meaning of this phrase in the context is unfortunately obvious. Continence is proposed, but when this proves too difficult to practice, you can move on to, quote, plan B. Fernandez allows himself to state, without too many hesitations, that this innovation, quote, is based on the teaching of previous pontiffs, who, however, stated exactly the opposite. That is, that continence is the sine qua non for receiving absolution, meaning it's required to receive absolution. In note number seven, the misrepresentation continues. Pope Francis's peremptory exhortation not to require from, quote, penitence a resolution for repentance without any shadow is compared to that of John Paul II, according to whom, quote, the predictability of a new fall, quote, does not prejudice the authority of the resolution. This is the letter to Cardinal William Baum, which Fernandez also proposed in his response to Monsignor Negri, and who knows how many other times we will find ourselves in the middle. And in both cases, as we have already demonstrated in the article of November 10th, he makes that sentence mean exactly the opposite of its meaning. For John Paul II, the intention not to sin must be, quote, serious, solid, and generous, and only when it is such does a possible new fall call into question the authenticity of the intention. 
for Francesco and Fernandez. However, it is precisely the intention with the previous characteristics that must not be requested, being content with a, quote, shadowed intention. Again, answering the seventh question, the encyclical Ecclesia de Eucharistia, in paragraph 37b, is cited where it is stated that, quote, the judgment on the state of grace belongs only to the interested party, since it is an evaluation of conscience. But Fernandez truncates the quote, omitting that when faced with, quote, external behavior seriously, manifestly, and stably contrary to the moral norm, it is necessary to refer to the norm of the Code of Canon Law on the non-admission to Eucharistic communion for those who, quote, stubbornly persevere in manifest grave sin. And we could continue with the examples, end quote. What Fernandez is doing is a form of diabolical inversion. We're witnessing the elimination of the very concept of repentance as the prerequisite for receiving sacramental grace and replacing it with the presumption of mercy. And I say presumption on purpose because that's the sin that I mentioned at the beginning of this video. Presumption is a serious sin and it goes both ways. A pre-conciliar Catholic encyclopedia defines the sin of presumption as, quote, the condition of a soul that because of a badly regulated reliance on God's mercy and power, hopes for salvation without doing anything to deserve it, or for pardon of his sins without repenting of them, end quote. See how that works? The reign of Francis is, is defined as the institutionalization of the sin of presumption. This goes well beyond Francis and predates him as a problem. That's the spirit of dialogue and accompaniment that characterizes the post-Vatican II era in a nutshell, just made all the more blunt and forceful in our time where the concept of repentance is out of fashion, if not entirely forbidden. Remember, Francis has said that he has never, ever refused anyone communion. Ever. Even public unrepentant sinners. He said that in response to Archbishop Cordelione in San Francisco taking his famous act. Bear all that in mind as we continue with this piece. Quote, Why does Fernandez use this method? simply because it is impossible to find quotes from the previous magisterium or from the great doctors in support of the most problematic openings of, his, of this pontificate. Just look at the reference texts. Let's take the response to Cardinal Duca once again. 19 notes of which 13 take up texts by Pope Francis. Two are from a document from the pastoral region of Buenos Aires, meaning Fernandez, and the other three are the misrepresented texts mentioned above. The response to Monsignor Negri is even surreal. The connection of this pronouncement of the dicastery with the previous magisterium is limited to the reference to a confidential and unknown response from 2018. As if the Catholic Church in 2000 years has never offered criteria on the conditions in order to receive baptism. Even more impressive is the recent motu proprio for the new statutes of the Pontifical Academy of Theology, where Tuco's hand is undoubted. The Pope essentially overturns theology, always citing only himself. The fine, the, the line of this pontificate has increasingly become that of a refoundation of the Catholic Church, and the advent of Fernandez is, in this sense, simply perfect. This systematic lack of real continuity with the perennial magisterium is proof of how little or nothing Francis and Fernandez care about placing themselves in the continuity of the universal church in space and time. Is this why the church is now called synodal and no longer Catholic? End quote. Yes, the church has always put conditions on baptism. Always. 
No, there's much more to that article, though. If you want to read it, I'll have it linked in today's show notes over at returntotradition.org. We can see here is what we can think of as serious narcissism at work in the dicastery for the doctrine of the faith, as well as in the man who the world accepts as Pope. Remember, we're told that the reforms Francis is imposing upon the church are both irreversible, and that is part of a larger way of making a new church, which is the focus of synodality. That's what we're told. They've said it publicly. This, folks, is synodality. It is the discarding of repentance using the sin of presumption as the moral guide for the church. It's diabolical, and it must be resisted. And the problem is that any bishop who does resist gets fired for his trouble, because, of course, you must get rid of the dissenters. What do you think of all this, folks? Are you surprised? Does this really surprise you that Fernandez is taking what few citations he takes from previous pontiffs, chops up their quotes to make it fit his program, and then exclusively quotes Francis and himself to essentially toss out Catholic theology and replace it with something new? Let me know what you think of this in the comments, please, and hit like and subscribe if you haven't. It does help, so to sharing this on social media, that helps a lot, too. As always, pray for the church. I'm Anthony Stein. Ave Maria.